0: Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails, the podcast where two lifelong San Francisco Giants fans talk about their favorite baseball team while enjoying homemade cocktails. I'm your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, Matthew Henry. Matthew, coffee or
1: kombucha? Oh, coffee. Come on.
0: (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Yes, the Giants. The San Francisco Giants went Six and one this week against the hapless and miserable Arizona Diamondbacks, although possibly the team with the best Twitter account in all of Major League sports. Uh, And uh, two and one against the Philadelphia Phillies, concluding their series against that team and are now 46 and 26 with the best record in all of Major League Baseball. And maybe, in fact, so good that some, not all, some power rankings out there now actually rank the San Francisco Giants, not as being the best team in baseball, because, you know, obviously not, but some of them actually say they're better than the Dodgers. Believe it or not.
1: I believe it. But anyway. Actually, I don't believe it. Uh, well, I believe that the Giants are are better than the Dodgers. I'm having a hard time believing people are finally coming around to that.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if anybody reads The Athletic, but The Athletic's last power rankings was pretty hilarious to read. It was basically an apology. The whole section about the Giants was an apology to San Francisco Giants fans about how badly The Athletic has been ranking
1: them. Because well, the, he was the one guy. He was the one guy that voted for the Giants as number one. And so he wrote that and <laughs> uh, said, sorry for right. My, my. Right. Well, uh, the, everybody
0: at The Athletic, you guys are getting paid to be idiots. I'm sorry. You're just wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You, you be brave, be brave and declare the Giants better than the Dodgers. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. With that said, Matthew. Yes, sir. Uh, I really want to ask you this because I don't really want to talk about mine at all. Um, but I guess we'll have to get there. But um, Matthew, uh, what are you drinking this week?
1: Well, this week I'm drinking something called the Lounge Lizard. And if that isn't the best name for a cocktail, I don't know what is. Oh, I thought when you wrote that down, I thought you just you were referencing yourself. Like, <laughs> I am a lounge lizard. Well, I, I think after this drink, I could probably call myself one. Yes. Uh, and and this drink actually see, you know, as we've documented several times on this, I'm kind of a cocktail newbie. But, you know, so when I would go to a bar, you know, in my younger days, I didn't know what to order, you know, as far as cocktails. So I would always just say a rum and Coke. You know, it was simple, it was easy. I knew I would enjoy it. And I wouldn't have to worry about whether it was going to be something, something I didn't like. You could have been cool and said a Cuba Libre. Well, yeah, exactly. And so, so this, well, speaking of Cuba Libre, so this drink, the lounge lizard is kind of in that family, right? It's a, uh, it's, it's an, it's something that makes the rum, the, the simple rum and Coke, into something a little bit more refined, and so today this lounge lizard that I'm drinking is uh, one and a half ounces of dark rum, and a half ounce of amaretto. So the amaretto is what really kind of makes it a little bit distinctive, and then four ounces of a cola. Uh, you know, and I was gonna go with Coke because that's you know what everyone uses. But then I was reading my new book, The Twelve Bottle Bar that I got for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Excellent choice. Excellent gift. Yes, yes. I told the kids what I wanted and they came through. So they were suggesting when you're doing some type of drink with cola to really look at colas that are sugar-based and not corn syrup-based. And so I thought, huh. So I happened to be at the grocery store today and I picked up a bottle of Boylan's Cola, which was a sugar uh, cane cola. And uh, and so I mixed that and I think it's a winner. I um, really enjoy the the almondy kind of back taste of of the rum and coke and I feel like it's something that I would do again it's you know it's in the Collins family right so it's in a, a Collins glass lots of ice you, you top it off with the soda yeah and so the Cuba Libre for those who may not know is basically a, a rum and coke with a lime wedge squeezed into it and you know and thrown on top so uh, also a fine choice uh, for if you're looking to kind of do something different than a simple rum and coke. Uh, but I'm today. I'm a lounge lizard, and I, I I picture that name coming up because there's some guy that's like hanging out at the bar all the time and starts talking with the bartenders about what other things they could do with this, his simple rum and coke, and then they named it after him because he was a lounge lizard. But that's just me. I don't know what the real story is. Maybe somebody else does. But uh, that's what I'm drinking. And you know, I'm gonna end it there because. I am really curious to hear about your drink because, as the listeners may recall, those who are returning, if you're new, last week for Ben's birthday, I got him a set of mixology dice, and when you roll the dice, you well, you pick what kind of drink you want. Uh, there's different types, and then you roll the die, and it tells you like what kind of sweetener, or what kind of liqueur, or what kind of you know uh, fruit. All those kind of things that go into a cocktail, what to do. And you have to make what's on those. And poor Ben, on his very first try, got possibly the worst kind of combination you could get. And snake, I'm just eyes. I it... snake eyes. I rolled snake eyes. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it there. And Ben, what are you drinking tonight? <sighs> well, OK. Look.
0: I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you the name of the cocktail first, and then I think that will describe what my week was like as I tried to construct this cocktail, which I think was actually the worst part because I kept drinking different versions of this and taste testing flavors to try and come up with something palatable, and... And, and in the end, I, I do have something that is very, very drinkable. But that is because I cheated in major ways. And I'm not even sorry. I'm not sorry in the slightest. OK, so but here's the name of my cocktail. The name of my cocktail is the Bitter Gripes or just Bitter Gripes. That's what I'm <laughs> calling it. And does, as, does that
1: describe you like all week? That- yes.
0: Yes. I, I must have yelled out numerous times as I was trying to figure out why I couldn't make this cocktail taste good. I must must have yelled out numerous times, it's the grapefruit! (laughs) And I, I think I did once yell out, it was the rosemary. Because you know, rosemary can be a very, very strong flavor, and, and it can be quite bitter if you overdo it. And so it, it ruined a couple of my taste tests um, for sure. But yeah, so, so I rolled last week. The combination was vodka, cane sugar cubes, triple sec, which, which if I had wanted to, I could have swapped one. you know, That was a choice. Either the sugar cubes or the triple sec. Then I got weird. Then I got grapefruit, apple, and rosemary. And, and here's the thing. I actually went out and I did some research. And because, first of all, this was a disaster for me because I hate grapefruit. I hate it. And I cannot stand it under any sort of concoction. Like, there's just nothing that you can put grapefruit in that's going to make me go, oh, hmm, that's good. You know, I'm not a big fan of the anise flavor, like black licorice flavor, but uh, I do like some cocktails with that as an element of it, as we learned last week when I was talking about absinthe. So, you know, but this isn't grapefruit. No, I I just hate grapefruit. And so that was the biggest struggle. The other struggle I had was is that even though grapefruit and rosemary are complementary flavors, and I did find a, a, a number of recipes out there for grapefruit and rosemary cocktails, which I would have hated anyway, And but if you're into those flavors, by all means, check them out because they're out there. If that sounds intriguing to you, be my guest. But once you added the apple, things always went south. And that was really the first thing that I did, is I combined grapefruit juice and apple juice just as two flavors together, just to see how they did. And I couldn't find any arrangement that I liked. And so then I started just adding sugar. I added sweetener. And then and then at one point I was like, oh, that's finally palatable. But what I realized was it wasn't good. It was just so sweet that I couldn't taste the grapefruit anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, and that was it. That was my struggle all week long. And then on top of that, so, you know, it was supposed to be a smash. And the way that you make a smash is by taking, well, mint. Ah, uh, putting it in like a simple syrup or sugar with sugar cubes, and then smashing that. And that muddles the mint and sugar to create together to create a nice minty syrup. And then you put in your whiskey and it's it's liquid gold, right? But so in this case, I guess the rosemary would have been playing the role of the mint. And then the idea is that you would muddle the rosemary and the mint, but you really don't want to do that. You do not want to murder the rosemary to the point where you're mashing it and muddling it a ton. You just want a very light, um, you know, breaking up of the rosemary leaves because the flavor is going to be super, super strong if you muddle. So I had to make a lot of modifications. and, And here's what I ended up doing, just to cut to the chase. I took an ounce of vodka, as required. I ended up eliminating fresh apple entirely. Sue me. I don't care. And instead, I replaced that with a liqueur called Applejack, which is an apple brandy combined with other liqueurs. It's a very old American liqueur. Um, It's an apple-based liqueur, and I used that. So I have half an ounce of Applejack. I kept the Cointreau just because I wanted Cointreau because I love it, and I wanted something in there that would make me happy. And so I have (laughs) half an ounce of Cointreau. I put in two ounces of grapefruit juice. And then here what I would have done is I would have thrown a sprig of the rosemary into a shaker and then shaken that all together and then strained that into a glass with ice. And I would have called that a smash, But instead, I cheated and I used something that I already have, which is called a rosemary tincture. It's something that I had made ahead of time previously, and all it is is 110-proof vodka infused with rosemary. And then, um, and then basically you can use that as, with a dropper or with a spritz to spritz into a glass. So what I did in this case is I shook it without the rosemary, filled the glass with ice. I spritzed the ice with my rosemary tincture. Then I poured everything into there, and I tasted that, and it still tasted like grapefruit. So then I took uh, about two ounces, two to three ounces of lemon lime soda, and I poured that on the top. And now I have a drinkable—I don't know what—but there you go. It's bitter. The bitter grapes cocktail. My only regret is I didn't actually have any champagne, which is really what I wanted to put on top. Just despite to you, everyone, and anything. <laughs> so, and those are my bitter grapes.
1: Yeah. Well, I as as the judge of this, I'm wondering now. Did you change this from a smash to a highball?
0: A highball? Mm, I don't think it's a highball. I, I think it's.
1: Um, I don't know. You poured the soda on top, man. I'm just. I'm feeling like that kind Mm, of. Well,
0: yeah. What are you gonna do?
1: (laughs) All right. Well,
0: I I do. I do think. No, no, no. See, because I did drink. I did drink from that glass before I put in
1: the soda. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I I I made it. I drank it. Now, uh, are the rules were that you were going to use these dice whenever Buster Posey or Logan Webb. Had a home run or a win, right?
0: Correct. Well, I mean, and, technically Buster has to hit the home run and Logan Webb has to get the win.
1: Correct. Yes, I don't yeah. think the other way around would. Although, if Logan Webb uh, hits a home run, I'll do the dice. Okay. Um, what? 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 But... what? No. No. <laughs> what? That's not the rule. <laughs> does does I, do I get
0: credit for that? Does that count as against the, the totals for my prediction being? Correct?
1: Uh, no, it doesn't. I just then the, I shouldn't I, I have I to roll just, the dice. I just want Logan Webb to hit a home run. I, well I know, would love, I, love for Logan Webb to hit a home run, but if he hits a home run, I'm not rolling the dice. Alright, alright, fair enough. But I, I'm trying to be nice to you. I'm trying to add on here that I think that uh I think in the future that uh you know the goal is for you to enjoy your cocktail, not to not to hate it. And so I think when we roll, we need to be a little aware of what we're rolling, and right, I'm not the right. type that's Fair going enough. to punish you. I'm going to be like, well, let's use that as the base, and then you Fair can... enough. Fair enough. Because, Fair yeah, enough. apple well, and grapefruit, I mean, come on.
0: No, that was not a good combo, and, um, you know, I would have toughed it out through just the grapefruit, just because I know that you can. There, You know, grapefruit is a valid ingredient that many, many people like. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean I can't at least appreciate it. So... <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I mean, so as torturous as that drink was, at least you're not a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks
0: or an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Correct. Y- y- are, do correct. they have
1: fans? I mean, I, I guess they at do. this point, I don't know.
0: I yeah. I don't I don't know. Um, but you know, they've so they've lost. Okay, let me put it this way: if you are an Arizona Diamondbacks fan, still, and you're like watching their games. And you are suffering through this. Uh, God bless you. You know, I mean, w- you know, you are a true baseball fan. And uh, I don't know that I could do it. I don't know that I could do it. But, but yes, sorry. If
1: we were doing a podcast on the Arizona Diamondbacks, I think we would have shut it down by now. Right. Or <laughs> it would, it would be like 45 minutes of drinking and like 10 minutes right. of griping. Right? I was going to say,
0: it. I was going to say, it would be, <laughs> what would we call it? Snake bit? i mean
1: oh uh, so the diamondbacks i mean as of today what they've lost 18 in a row now is that i think they've lost 18 in a row they they're
0: they're lost to the giants their last loss to the giants was their 24th uh road game loss which is a major league baseball record they now have 53 losses on the year they still have five games to go to reach the halfway point
1: Oh, it's miserable. Their losing streak right now is the 16th longest in Major League Baseball history. This is the longest losing streak since the Royals in 2005 lost like 19 in a row. So it's brutal.
0: Yeah. And they lost their starting catcher to a broken arm yesterday. It it just it's it's mind boggling how bad it is there. I really haven't done a deep dive into that to figure out because this is, I think, surprising. Mm But but maybe the injuries just took them down and and unlike the Giants they weren't prepared for it I I don't know but um, it is it is stunning I, I don't think we've seen a team this bad since the Houston Astros lost 112 games so I hope the the Diamondbacks turn it around against the Dodgers and the Padres and yeah they need to win some uh, games against those guys yeah sure. yeah yeah I I think that um, I think that they should continue to lose to the Giants. And the good news is the Giants play 13 more games against them.
1: Well, so, you know, we don't need to go into a whole lot of depth about the, But, you know, I think as we were wrapping up last week, you know, it was a pretty brutal, you know, games against uh, Washington, you know, to end that road trip. And, and, you know, we came out of it two and two and it felt like it could have been a lot worse. And I think we said, well, you know, it's going against the Diamondbacks will get everybody healthy. Right. And, And it sure did. I mean, we averaged for this week, we averaged eight and a half, almost eight and a half runs per game. Uh, it just you know the offense all of a sudden started clicking, uh, and then like so Tuesday's game, which is the only game I think we really should talk about, was you know the game where we had the opener, you know mm-hmm. with uh, Zach Latell mm-hmm. and then he he didn't even get an out right. Mm-hmm. So four four runs score in the first, you know Sammy Long comes in and and cleans it up, but then has mm-hmm. his own problems in the second, and so all of a sudden we're down seven to nothing. I gotta say though. And I, I've heard them say it on the telecast, too. I never felt like we were out of it. Like, I felt like, OK, it's early. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and I, I felt I felt like, that same way. Yeah, I just it was one of those games where I just was like, OK, I'm not panicking over this. You know, it was. And then, you know, at the bottom of the second, they come back with three runs to kind of make it a game. And then you felt like, all right. Yeah, it's just a matter of time now. But then you know, the eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth, you know, was it was an interesting inning. Kurt Casali being the unsung hero in that game. You know i think that uh him coming up he has a pinch hitter right i mean he was the last pinch hitter on the bench and to kapler's credit right he, i remember in episodes past we've kind of blasted him for emptying his bench and not having enough for extra innings uh, but in this case we were so far down that it wasn't like you were, i mean you were hoping to get to extra innings at that point right i mean i feel like right yeah you know, right. you em- empty your bench get your get kasali up there and kasali who was struggling uh, until recently yeah you know, uh, works a walk in front of Yaz and then Yaz puts one in the water for, for go ahead grand slam. And, and so that was, that was a pretty fun game to watch. I felt like that game was highs and lows, uh, and, and, but it was a lot of fun. And, and I think it really probably set the tone for the rest of the week. I'd say, what do you think?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you said a lot of things there, um, but... Uh, Sorry,
1: I got carried away. Sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I think coming back again, coming back home, yes, you're right. The, the Giants were in a bad way. We talked a lot about it. And, and we even questioned the Giants' hitting approach. And, you know, my, my theory was that their approach was being exploited by the Nationals, and or the Nationals at the very least had found, identified a way to, 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 to attack the Giants that worked. Um, but we also hypothesized that there were a lot of things at play, and we said, you know, it'll be nice to go home. It'll be nice to face a team like the Diamondbacks, who's really, really struggling, because even if the Nationals had found a way to exploit the Giants, it really required that the Nationals had to execute very, very good pitches, which they did. And the idea was that the that the Diamondbacks were not going to be able to do it at the same level. Uh, and we also identified a few guys who were struggling. I don't know whether or not... Our theories about the Giants' approach being exploitable or not are true, but it really was clear that the Diamondbacks are an inferior team to to even what the Nationals were doing. And, and yeah, and a couple of guys who were cold got really, really hot. Like, Belt turned it on, I think, on that first game back from the Nationals and has been hot ever since. Yastrzemski got warm on Sunday against that last game against the Nationals and has been hot ever since. And, and then, yeah, and then Casale, you know, a guy who we said, you know, we really don't care what he does at the plate, um, had an excellent week. You know, he, he had an opportunity to hit for the cycle in one of these games against the Diamondbacks. He went three for four and got a couple gift hits in that first game. But, yes, I, I think ultimately the major, major game in that series was game two. Um, because, first of all, I had actually already given it a name. Now, I agree. I I definitely agree that it felt like that was not a game the Giants were ever out of. And I think for two reasons. Number one, obviously, because the Giants are very good. And we know that they can score a lot of runs. We know that they can stop the bleeding when, you know, on occasion. The bullpen sometimes is a little hit or miss, but they've been really, really good uh, the entire month of June. And so it really felt like the Giants are a quality enough team. If anybody's going to stage a comeback here, it could be the Giants. But you know what? On the other hand, I have felt like... I've seen the Giants, or I have been a fan of the Giants long enough in my lifetime that I remember there being moments like that as a Giants fan where the team was just miserable. And even when they were winning, you felt like they were going to give a game away. And I had that same feeling that day for the Diamondbacks. I just, it just felt like this is not a game. The, the Diamondbacks are. They have a cloud of evil hanging over them right now, and nothing's going their way. And so the combination of those two things made me really confident in that game. But even so, I did have a name for it. Because it was an opener game, and therefore a 100% bullpen game, and I absolutely question the use of an opener in that situation. I have no idea why we did that. But you should not need to use an opener against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Openers should be used in precise moments where you have a clear statistical advantage. I don't think they had that, and I don't think they needed it. There's no reason that Sammy Long shouldn't have just started that game, which, by the way, he kind of did because he came in with zero outs. So yeah. anyway, not a fan of the opener when there's not an obvious reason to use it. Um, it just felt like, oh, we have this gadget. Let's use this gadget. But anyway, sort of typical for some of the moves that this team makes, but whatever. Uh, I called it the Great Embarrassment because this was going to be that was going to be my name for this game, just like the the opening day gut punch and the Mother's Day Massacre. This was going to be known forevermore as the Great Embarrassment, getting blown out by the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks as they were in one of the worst uh, losing streaks in road trip history. Um, But no, it turned into the Great Comeback. And, and you're absolutely right. Casale uh, was a hero when he got a walk to get on ahead of Yastrzemski. But yes, I think to me, the biggest hero in this game, from my perspective, was Gabe Kapler. Because he had the last bullet in his gun available in Kurt Casali in the exact moment that he needed it. And yes, he had spent a lot of bullets early in that game, but you're correct. They needed to do that to get back into it, to even get a chance to force extra innings. So I don't begrudge them that. And, but they still gave themselves an opportunity to take advantage of a situation when it arose. And that's when they had Casali and he got a walk and it right ahead of Yastrzemski. And then Yastrzemski hit the grand slam basically just how you would have written it up, right? I mean, it seems like such a strange thing to write up, but that's what you were trying to do. And it is exactly the situation that the Giants faced in the inverse and that game when uh, we uh, pool holes, right? Austin Barnes hit that three-run homer, and he was Dave Roberts' last bullet. And Austin Barnes wasn't supposed to hit a home run. He was actually supposed to do what Casale did, get on base and keep the line moving to get to holes and it was very much an analogous move because there had been times earlier in the season where Kepler had already managed himself out of having that possibility and and it seemed as though he has at the very least in that moment learned his lesson and had the pieces available when he needed it and everything worked out in their way so so that to me was a huge huge game for a lot of reasons not just the comeback but because of of that particular move, you know, it demonstrated that that, yes, this team is getting better uh, across the board and we can uh, count on them to make the right moves when we need them to.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just felt like that was a really great game to if they'd lost it, it would have been kind of like a I just don't know if the rest of the series would have turned or the rest of the week would have been as good if they lost that game. So. And in contrast, it, it made uh yeah everything better. I think it just set the tone for the rest of the week.
0: Oh, for sure. I think this is it sets the tone for the rest of the season. I think this is another one of those games, just like the the game against uh, the Dodgers, where, you know, where where pull host, you know, hit the walk off that wasn't. And, um you know, I, I think it is absolutely one of those those games that they'll remember and fans will remember throughout the rest of the season. I think it also epitomizes this team in terms of how everybody thinks about it, which is like they don't belong here. This isn't, this isn't the real giants. Like they're not really this good. And, you know, I think some of those questions were starting to creep back in at least externally um, after the national series. And then, and then boom, they come right back home. They take care of business in game one. They have this epic game back, uh, comeback in game two against the diamondbacks. And you're like, well, well, here's the San Francisco giants are they're, they're back. And it really epitomized, I think, the resiliency of this team, both in a microcosm and then overall within the, that point of the season. So, yeah, I mean, it was a ton of fun and it was a great win. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think um, it, it also uh, was a great opportunity for um, a bunch of people to to play hero and that we weren't used to seeing play hero uh, in those games.
1: Well yeah, and I think speaking of that, going into the, the Friday game against the Phillies, you know, the the heroes of that game were like Jason Vossler and Lamont Wade Jr., you know, coming up with big hits. Uh, you know, it was kind of fun watching Cueto run around the bases, uh, you know, on, on one of those hits. Uh and, and then did you remember do you remember him falling off the mound? Isn't that uh did you uh because his leg kick was so, his leg whip when he came around was so strong that he knocked himself off the off yeah. yeah. I mean. Was, I, I, I mean, come on. Did you expect <laughs> him to, like, leave the game injured? Like, I expect, I was like, oh, that's it, right? We're, there goes uh, another
0: one. Yeah. I mean, I kind of did. Yes. Yes. I mean, I expected him to leave the game injured uh, on the, the triple, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Good point. I mean, has he even caught his breath yet? I don't know. <laughs> well, he wanted I, to stop at third so bad. <laughs> he did want to stop at third. And then he's like, oh, no, Lotus is telling me to go. But, you know, he was a trooper. He was a trooper. He 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 dug in and then he gritted his teeth. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Um,
1: could, could you beat Cueto in a race right now? Probably not. I could. I know I could beat in a race.
0: Uh I don't think I could beat... Um, Well, gosh, I was going to say, I was going to say, there's nobody. I was like, I definitely couldn't beat Gabe Kapler.
1: Oh, no. Um, I don't know if I could beat Gabe Kapler. I think there's some
0: guys on the Giants team that couldn't beat Gabe Kapler. Um, hmm. Uh, I could probably beat maybe some of the radio guys. (laughs) You could beat Kruko. I could beat Kruko and Miller.
1: Yeah, Dave uh, Fleming. I don't know Dave, Dave Fleming. Fleming no, you?
0: Dave Fleming's probably got me beat. So, yeah, <laughs> that's basically where I'm at. Um, so, no, Johnny Cueto may... could definitely beat me in a race.
1: Listeners, yes. you may not know this, but uh, Ben and I were both track stars in high school, and uh, uh, start to, yeah, we we, we try to you know, hold on to those glory years as long as we can. But I think those days have sailed all. The, you know, so,
0: uh, that was like a thousand <laughs> years ago. I can't even believe that person was the same person that I am now. I it's, it's I don't even believe it.
1: <laughs> see, I always enjoy it when it's the the guys that uh, you know we don't normally count on come through. Uh, you know, so that game was a fun game just to see. I, I'm really pulling for Jason Vossler, but I think you know he's kind of those guys that as soon as La Stella is healthy, for example, he'll he'll probably option back. Yeah, down I mean, I, I think
0: Vossler Vossler's been really a, a great guy. He's like one of those guys that's part of the depth that we've been talking about. But yeah, I mean, I think as everybody gets healthy, you know, especially when it's La Stella and Longoria. You know, especially with like Wilmer on on the team and and Dubon, yeah, there's just not enough room for Vossler to stay there with the team the whole year. But but he's been a, he's been a huge part of the team. I mean, it, it, there's no doubt about it. It's just, but but yeah, I, I think as those guys get healthy, we're gonna see him um be one of those guys on the bubble.
1: And then our loss on Saturday, I think you know to me highlighted. You know, you start to think. Well, at least I started to think. Well, gosh, you know, the bullpen. You know, starting to come around. We brought up new guys. They're fitting into their roles. And maybe, you know, it's not as bad as we think. And then uh, it's just, you know, you get, well, I guess Conor Menez found out that you, you do have to retire players uh, uh, because he got sent down today uh, for Brebbia, <laughs> uh, for John wow. Brebbia. Uh, but uh, yeah, easy come, bad... easy go for
0: yeah, Connor well, Menez, right? Well, Conor Menez I mean... had
1: like 11 straight innings of not allowing a run. Then he had two bad outings and then he was optioned.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, they were two horrible outings. They weren't two bad outings. They were two horrible outings. Um, and and uh, if there hadn't been a great comeback in them, they were definitely two losing outings. So you yeah, you, pit, yeah. you perform at that level, you should lose 95%, 99% of the time. Right, uh, they were losing outings. They were really, really bad. I mean, it's rough though, right? Because he was he was lights out until those two outings. He has those two bad outings in a row, and then boom, he's down.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, Brebbia yeah. was ready to come, and Brebbia was one of before his Tommy John surgery. He was one of the better relievers in the National League. So, I, which I think testament to Zaidi for looking that far ahead. Like it just made me think as as you know, Brebbia started. He he retired the side in order today. Ended the game on a strikeout. And Uh, fell
0: off, fell off. uh, Did you think that's what I I thought? I thought he was going to hurt himself. That's what I saw
1: as him celebrating. I didn't think he was falling. Maybe maybe that's what it was. I thought he was like pumped and and just kind of. No, it looked like he was uh,
0: falling to me. Maybe we got to go back and look at it again, but (laughs) it certainly looked to me like he was stumbling, and I was like, "Wow, the guy threw one third, threw one full inning, and he's just going to get hurt again." Yeah.
1: Well, he, uh, you know, so I think that, you know, he could be considered. you know, someone an addition to the bullpen that you know we don't necessarily need to go after now in the trade deadline because we've got a guy that's proven to get outs, uh, you know, in in the past. So I'm excited to yes. see how he does in the next month before the trade deadline because I think right. that will probably sell the direction that or steer the direction, I should say, of where uh, we go because, and I mean, he is a legit you know guy that we didn't have before. And now all of a sudden that lengthens the 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 roster. And so. So, yeah, I think that that's um, it was good to see him play on Saturday, but I think it did still highlight that game on Saturday highlighted that, you know, the bullpen is still a need. It's still Uh, a work
0: in progress, I, I think. I don't think. I mean, yes, they have been getting a lot better. I think the the merry-go-round has been working since they've been cranking it. But at the same time, yeah, I think Menez's implosion demonstrates that, you know, a lot of these guys have not proven yet that they are going to be consistently good. And I do think they have to keep cranking the merry-go-round. So as rough as it is for Connor Menez, and as, as badly as I feel for him, having had a bunch of great outings, followed by two bad outings, and now, bam, he's back down. As hard as that is for for a person on the human level, I don't think it's the wrong move. I mean, I think the Giants have to continue to look to make that better. And I think you're right. I think Brebbia is a big piece. I feel like he's the last piece, though, of everything that they've had internally that they can try out. Right. Mm -hmm. I think once he has established himself and we see everybody else like, you know, Latell, and and we see what we've got with all of these guys, we'll know what we have up and down that entire stack of people that can be rotated. And then, yes, then you'll know whether or not you have to go out and improve this particular group. And I think the answer is definitively going to be yes. Um, But but, you know, yeah, sure. Let's wait it out a little bit and see what happens.
1: Well, yeah, and I I think um you know, one of the, one of the things that I was looking ahead at this trade scenarios is we've got a pretty stacked 40 man roster and now you start looking at, you know, who you know, who would you, who would go if you were to pick up somebody, right? And you know, so Sam Selman probably, you know, uh somebody that would would probably be, you know, uh either tradable or, you know, just let go um then I think you start looking at people like you know Tyro Estrada, uh, particularly if Estella is back. Uh, you know those are the probably the two that kind of look like you, they would create some room for somebody. But then you also have I mean right now I was looking at it, if if everybody were healthy, we've got what well, let me count one two three four five six seven eight outfielders, and you know there's only room for five. And so I'm going to ask you. Uh, assuming everyone is healthy, who are your top five? And the, the, your options are Yaz, Duggar, Lamont Wade Jr., Ruff, Dickerson, Slater, Talkman, and Dubon. Uh, so all of the host players have contributed at some point this year. Wait, you're uh, saying those
0: are my five outfielders? No, those
1: are those are n- nine options for your five outfielders.
0: Right. right um, yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Well, eight well. Eight up. Well, one, um, I, I'm going to say Dubon is not one of my outfielders. He's my infielder.
1: Okay. So even with Slater coming back, then you're still keeping Dubon as a as a infielder.
0: Well, I have the right to play Dubon wherever he can, can play, and he can play six positions. But if I'm going to say, yeah, uh, I think our outfielders are better are 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 better stronger options. Then I'm going to keep him as an infielder, not as an outfielder. So I get six of these guys. Yeah, not five. Okay, that's what okay. I am saying.
1: That's a good option. Yeah,
0: uh, and I might even say that. I mean, I know that Belt and and Wade are both left-handers, but I might even say that for Lamont Wade Jr. too, or maybe Darren Ruff, who could play at first base, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I might say Ruff is my backup first baseman, and uh, and then so now I've got Dubon and 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 Ruff saved, and I can still now pick five from the rest. Okay, obviously, yes to Yaz. I think obviously, yes, to Duggar because of the way he has played all year. Um, and uh, let's see here. Um, so now you of got lefties, a lot of lefties. Yeah, we've got
1: five lefties and three righties in that group. So, and the two lefties that you haven't mentioned are Dickerson and Talkman.
0: Right. Well, I've already saved two of the righties, though, by putting them on the infield.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> I you cheated.
0: Did. <laughs> so uh so the only writing but, and they compliment
1: because they would they would replace people who are left-handed correct, hitters correct. On the infield, yeah so. right
0: or i could put them in the outfield if i wanted to because i can do that because i've got flexible guys because i'm brilliant
1: right. you are um uh
0: yeah then i think so okay so then i go yaz and duggar for sure and so then i get three more right so basically, I only have to lose. I only have to lose uh, three of the. Uh, how many of I? Well, I now now still? you're
1: like, but then you're kicking the can down because now we've got infielders coming off the IL like La Stella. So then you got Bosler's mm. gone, right? So we yeah, Bosler's gone
0: for La Stella, Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got so you got Flores, and Listella, and so you still got you have two catchers. So I think you're, you're. I think you're still over. We're gonna have to. My point is, that we're gonna have to make some some really tough decisions in terms of. Yeah, you know, who is on the twenty-six man roster? Right. Well,
0: I mean, I think Dickerson, Slater, and Talkman. At at best case scenario, I'm going to have to get rid of one of those guys because I would keep Wade Jr. for sure. I would keep Duggar for sure. I would keep Yaz for sure. I've saved Ruff and Dubon, so that leaves Dickerson, Slater, and Talkman, and I can only save two of those guys, even in my scenario. So I have to get rid of one of those guys, um, and and that's tough. I I think I. Mm-hmm. now well, it, slater, depends. Slater, it depends on what slater can probably i do has an
1: option right him. slater probably has an option let me check on that um okay.
0: but even uh, just saying who's going to be on the? that yeah, slater, be on slater the... has
1: an option this year so he could get sent down but talkman and dickerson do not right so, so right right and, and talkman right, and... you know i would say get rid of talkman but you 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 traded a a reliever for him yeah uh, with the idea that this guy was going to be here for the next few years and he's Batting a buck 60 or something like that. And so yeah, is there room for him this well, year? Well, are you I mean,
0: asking me what I would do, or are you asking me what <laughs> I think the Giants will do?
1: Uh, two, okay,
0: they, I think those are unfortunately two different things.
1: Right, because I think you and I would get rid of Talkman no matter what, right? You just, yeah. You cut bait, yeah. right? You cut bait. You're yeah. like, okay, this didn't work out. I mean,
0: as great as he has been, and as great as he is on the outfield, like, I think when when push comes to shove, and you have to choose all of these other people, it's not that I want to get rid of him. I don't want to get rid of him. Well, yeah, but, but now we got
1: tough decisions to make.
0: Right. Yeah. So I I would say, yeah, I would I, if I didn't have any other options, I would cut Talkman. I would keep. Slater and Dickerson on the major league roster. I think the giants would probably take the easy way out and option Slater down just because that's the way this organization seems to operate. Now, maybe they're doing that because it, it res- it's respectful to the players and that's what the, you know, and so maybe that's, a, that's, a, and that's a certainly a valuable thing, right? To, to, to be known as an organization that that tries to take good care of its players, or at least do the what's best by them. Right. I mean, I don't know if we can say that about the Giants or not. That's not really something I've I've thought about. But but you know that there is an element that is that is something to consider. But I would say that the best baseball move would be to cut Talkman and keep Slater and Dickerson. But. That being said, you know I know we want to talk about this a little bit later, but maybe I could trade one of those guys to make the team better in a different way. And I know you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about trade talk later. Well, let's um, talk about it now because I think that okay. segues
1: nicely. Because I think sure. So you're suggesting that you would trade Dickerson?
0: I uh, yes, yeah. As my, Oh God, I mean no, I don't want to trade Dickerson. I love Dickerson. He's one of my favorite players on this team. But when it comes to like. You know, could he be tradable? Would somebody want him? I think somebody would want a guy like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he would be tradable. It's a little bit of a weird situation, though, because you're thinking, who would want a guy like Dickerson right now? Right. Well, it would be a contender. Yeah. It would be a contender who needs some pop um, either off the bench. Or, or you know, or has some injury problems in the outfield, is looking for a left-handed bat, you know, and, and is looking for somebody or even somebody to plug a hole while they're waiting for somebody to come off an injury. But they have to be a contender, yeah. right? That's who the Giants would have to trade them to. And so, so that's an awkward thing, right? So what are you going to get back for if you're trading with a contender? Most contenders are probably not going to want to give you a major league piece. And the Giants want what? A better bullpen, right? That's what we're going for here. Like, I think if the Giants are going to make any trades at the major league level, they're looking for two absolute studs to add to the bullpen. I think, I mean, I don't know that they'll get that, but if they could get two absolute studs to put in as your closer and your primary setup guy, that would be the ideal situation. That's what I would try to achieve if I were them. Um, So how do you get that by trading Dickerson is the question, and where would you trade Dickerson to? And that's, that's a harder thing to say. I, I, I would try to trade Dickerson to an American League team for a prospect. And then use that prospect to just expand my prospect pool overall, and then use that pool to try and get those um, bullpen pieces that I'm looking for. So if you could turn it that way, you know, sort of like sort of find a prospect and maybe flip that prospect um, and and then and then use that to get um a better reliever from a non-contender, that's what I would do. But I would definitely not want to face Dickerson in the national league playoffs. right? <laughs> right? If I'm gonna see him, I'm only going to see him in the World Series. That's the only place I would want to see him again. You know, I, I think I think that is a scenario that I could see playing out and I would be as a fan. Okay. With it. I would be heartbroken to see him leave, but that is, and then you keep, you can keep Slater and you can keep talking in that
1: case. Okay. So, all right. So you'd be cold and heartless and get rid of Dickerson.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> what about, so looking all into I, some of just, all I care about is wins baby. That's right. And as you should, right. You shouldn't care about what us fans think. It uh, doesn't matter that we like to hear the chant, Dick, 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 and all that. It's, it's all about wins. And, and I get that. So I
0: No, no, I know exactly what fans want. They want star players. They want a World Series every year. And they want their favorite <laughs> players to play there forever. That's what fans want. Yes. But I also know what they want more than anything is to win. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, so I guess... Uh, so if you're willing to trade Dickerson then who else are we willing to trade? Because I feel like, uh, you know, there's, well, so, okay. So let's, let's lay a a couple scenarios. So one is our starting pitching, right? So in the near future, we're going to have Logan Webb available to us. Tyler Beattie is going to be available to us. Aaron Sanchez today got put on the 60 man, the 60 day DL or IL because of a blister that prolonged his rehab. Right, uh, right. But so, to be clear,
0: to be clear, that doesn't mean he's going to be out for another 60 days.
1: Right. No, it's just 60 days total from when he was originally. Right. So he, he's still, now he's starting to come got Another 30 days or something like that, right? Uh,
0: beginning of July. Beginning of okay. July. He's been gone quite a long time.
1: Yep. So, okay. So then, um, so that buys them a little bit of time. But that that's three starting pitchers right now, right, that I've mentioned that aren't even contributing right now Mm -hmm. uh so you know and we've seen how depth has been important in the starting rotation but are you willing to trade away some of that depth for a really good arm uh in the bullpen
0: wow okay so you're going for the crazy scenarios
1: right off the bat bat. so so and and who would that be would you you know would there be a market for someone like and you know do you want to mortgage the future for a player like bd or Webb for now or are you more of, hey, let's see if there's some market for, gosh, I hate to say this, but like wood uh, or even Quato, right? I mean, I'd be much better, rather give up Quato, who's our you know, arguably our fifth starter right now uh, than wood. But, you know, would you, I mean, you're saying, uh, hey, it's just about wins. And, you know, could you could you see a moment where they say, yeah. Well, we OK, so let's let's throw. talk
0: about it. It's not, it's not just about wins. It's not just about wins. OK, it's 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 also about the smartest people to get to to, to let go. I, I mean, the reason I'm OK letting go of Dickerson is because he's on the older side. Right. And his right. contract is up soon. Yeah. So, you know, I, I am less like Webb. No, I would not trade Logan Webb. OK. I probably also would not trade Beedy. OK. But Cueto. Yes, I would trade Cueto if yep. they could get something. Uh, much more valuable because I have Beattie and I have Webb, and I have Sanchez. Yeah. I do think trading any starting pitcher is a really crazy idea, though, just because you know, yes, we have this depth, but it's so so fragile. You know, it's such a thin line, and and we really, you know, are the the season is just getting longer and longer, and we just don't know how these guys are going to hold up. To me, trading any pitcher is crazy, but. If we're going to go crazy, uh, then I would say Cueto is definitely at the top of that list. OK, so then what about Desclafani and Wood? Because mm-hmm. why why do I even bring those guys' names up? Well, they're both because on a
1: one-year contract. That's
0: right. They're both on one-year contracts, right? They're going to both make bank next year. And if the Giants want to keep them, they're going to have to spend that money. It's not like they're or, giving or, up the...
1: But, but you could spend it... In the offseason, regardless, because they're free agents. Correct. And they might
0: want to come back to you because, you you know, you were part of their resurgence. Right. So getting rid of them may not even hurt your chances of resigning them. Absolutely correct. So, uh, you know, so I, I, I would say that that's um, that's why those guys are, are more viable. Um, I think Wood is more trait. You're going to get more for Wood than you are for Desclafani. I think. Yeah. I think
1: so. And. Although arguably Desclafani is having a better year.
0: Right, but I just think that people probably like Wood stuff better mm-hmm. than they like Disclafani stuff. But you know, I, I I think either one is. I would say all three of those guys are tradable. But I would only trade one of them, and and then only because I couldn't get it done any other way. Mm-hmm. And even if you you had the opportunity to do it and then you decided not to, and the fans found out about it later, i I think a lot of fans would say, "Boy, I'm glad you didn't do that right, right. so um, so I don't know. I, I do think it's I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility to flip one of those guys. And again, it would have to be that same kind of scenario. trade him to the al for a prospect and then flip that prospect for for the the arms and the bullpen that you need, right? Yeah uh, and so because that's just the way it would have to end up working out. But but yes. And and again, that's because Wood and Desclafani and Cueto are not part are not signed to long term contracts. You're not giving up the future by trading those guys. And that's why I would target them first.
1: Okay. Well, so speaking of the future, then the yes. one the one prospect that we haven't mentioned that I think uh, probably warrants some discussion is Joey Bart. Uh, he wasn't drafted by the current regime struggled a little bit last year you know trying to fill a role that probably he was not ready for uh playing very well this year uh in the minors but we've got you know we drafted patrick bailey this year buster posey is playing like you know he could do this for another couple of years so would you consider trading bart
0: uh yes i would and i think it's because of buster and bailey I think I think you can see a bridge there. Right. You can say, oh, wow, Buster can continue to do this for a couple more years and then Bailey might be ready by then. And I, I do think there is an opportunity there for you to trade somebody like Bart. And Bart is a very highly valued um, prospect. Um, it is also interesting to me that he is one of those guys that they haven't called up at all ever, that it's, it's, it's always Trump. Um, over over him, mm-hmm. and well, I think they though, just want him
1: to get at bats. I think they want. Yeah, him that's to play, that's right? probably fair.
0: That's probably fair. Um, again, though, I, I you know to me it, it would be one of those things of like, um. You know, the Giants are going to have a lot of decisions to make on the free agent market in the off season, no matter what happens in this season, right? Because yeah. so many contracts are coming up, yep. right? They're going to have so much work to do, and having Bart in your organization. Uh, you know, just makes it a little bit easier to fill some of those holes because Buster can play first base, right? Worst case scenario, he's really expensive, but you can hold on to Buster for another year if you do nothing else with his contract, right? Like if you decide to exercise that very expensive option, then you at least have a, a, uh, you know, you have a first baseman. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and then you have Bart and possibly even Trump. I don't know what Trump's contract situation is, but um, lining up as your your major league team. Right. And that was your major league, you know, duo in 2020. So it's not too crazy. So that's the one reason why I would feel like you might want to hang on to him, because he gives you more flexibility during the, the offseason next year. So but he is also a very, very valuable prospect and he might be one of those guys that would be able to give you uh, uh, the, the pieces that you need to make a deep run into October.
1: Yeah. And for Which that I reason, think, I, I say yeah. that he's got to be on the table because if he yeah. can, I mean, we're, we weren't in win now mode, you know, I think before the season started, but we're in win now mode now, I think, you know, right. as the, the well, number one, take, we have the best right, record in the majors the, yeah. and you take that shot.
0: You right. got to take every shot that you, you you know it's yeah it's a surprise it's a surprise to be sure but you, you're here now and you got to take it. Yeah. Right? You got to take it every every time every time you get a chance to take it. Uh and so so yeah I would say you, you might you, it's yeah you're going to make some moves that you maybe didn't think you were going to be making but it's all for a good reason.
1: Yeah. And I think that you know the the old saying is that uh, a good trade is when both sides hurt. You know giving up what they gave up. Uh, and, and so we're going to have to give up some talent to get talent. You just don't, you know, I, although yeah, zaidi yeah. has been pretty good at like yeah. win- winning a lot of those trades, but I, I don't know if we can keep going down that well, especially in the middle of the season, you want a stud arm, you're going to have to pay for it. And so, you know, that's, that's just the way it right. is. So, I mean, there's
0: a lot of fans out there saying, how can we can't trade Slater for the best closer in the AM? <laughs> right and uh, and that's just because folks, that's just not how it works. You can't just pick a name on your roster and make another team give you their best player for that guy. It just doesn't work that way. Um, and that's why we're talking about these names. And do they if they sound crazy, they're yeah, they are crazy. But like what options do the Giants have? I mean, the only other option is for the Giants to trade really, really lower low, valuable but highly rated prospects, which I do not want them to do. Right.
1: Yeah. No, we want to be in this for the long haul. And so. Yeah, right. We're, we've done a lot of good, good building up of depth in the minors and, and don't necessarily want to get rid of all that on one for one. Shot. Right.
0: So. Right. And I think a lot of teams would take people who are nearly major league ready. Right. Like uh, um, like a Joey Bart. Or, or maybe even like a, you know, a Jalen Davis, who is probably not as valuable, but is um,
1: expendable. for Expendable, us. expendable yeah. for us. Well, yeah, I mean, we're I definitely going to need to find that. a spot for him once he comes off the sixty-day. So, right. Uh, so I think right. you know that's that, that's another name we haven't mentioned that kind of complicates things because there's going to be they're going to need to make some moves regardless because of their sixty-man IL, you know, uh, designations coming off, and so now they got to create spots on the forty-man and what does that do? So yeah. and it just makes things
0: harder too because a lot of teams know that you're in that position. Right. And so so some of the teams are going to be like there's a good chance that I could pick this guy up on waivers if you try to release him or there's a good chance that I could sign him as a free agent if he makes it, you know, through waivers. And uh, you know, um it it's it limits the amount of teams that you can do deals with when they know that you're up against the wall. So um, but at the same time, there are a lot of desperate teams out there that want to improve their teams. So maybe you can make a move that will be, allow you to, to pick one of those up.
1: All right. Well, I like knowing that you're a ruthless GM. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what I'm happens. Ruthless and uh, I'm cheap. Yep. Yeah, well, see, that's, that's, that's right. We
0: learned a couple of weeks ago that I'm a cheap GM. Now, you know, I'm a ruthless GM.
1: <laughs> well, uh, so yeah. One well, other thing that's coming up and we segue into kind of this real quickly is, uh, starting tomorrow, major league baseball is finally cracking down on uh, pitchers using sticky substances to get a better grip on the ball and so my question to you ben is do the giants have sticky balls
0: matthew i've been wanting to talk about the Giants' sticky balls for a long time uh, because i've known about this issue for for quite a while Um, it's actually been a controversy for a couple of years Um, it really kind of became a noteworthy controversy when um, everybody's favorite Dodger, Trevor Bauer, um, actually started calling out other pitchers for, for doing something that um, that he felt like was against the rules um, and that they were getting an advantage by using super sticky stuff to get a better spin rate on the baseball. And a better spin rate on the baseball makes your pitches harder to hit. I I don't think we need to go into the science about this. There's actually a lot of information out there on the internet if you want to research this more, if you haven't heard about it or don't know what's going on. Basically, a ball that spins faster is harder to hit. And pitchers have found a way to put extra sticky substances onto baseballs to allow them to get more leverage or keep their fingers in contact with the baseball longer so that they can get a better, higher spin rate on their baseballs. Trevor Bauer made some, you know, sort of indirect accusations against other players out there, claiming that the reason they were getting so good was because they were doing this. And he got frustrated. And so then he decided if you can't beat him, join him. And so suddenly over the past couple of seasons, Trevor Bauer's spin rate has also jumped up significantly. And he has... uh, Maybe coincidentally, but probably not coincidentally. You know, his rankings in, in pitching performances have also increased with that spin rate. And it suddenly became a secret. And then it became an arms race. And then suddenly every pitcher in baseball was racing to start using this extra sticky stuff. It's controversial because every pitcher has always used sticky stuff to get a grip on baseball, which has technically always been illegal. And now though these pitchers are using this super glue like stuff, this stuff called spider tack, which I think weightlifters use. actually get...
1: rock rock climbers.
0: Oh, rock climbers use it, right? This is stuff that helps you preventing you from falling to your death.
1: Exactly.
0: Right, and and so now baseball players are using it to to to, to get a, you know better performance by throwing their baseballs spinning spinny, spinnierier. And, uh, anyway, the point is, is it, um, it became this arms race and it is one of the reasons why we have seen pitchers performances rocket up over the past couple of years and why strikeout rates are up, why hitting is down. Yes, the shifts have had a lot to do with it. Um, But spin rate has had a lot to do with this as well. And so Major League Baseball had actually started warning people about it at the beginning of 2020. The pandemic kind of derailed that process. But now it's decided, it's put its foot down. It said, no more sticky stuff on baseballs. If you get caught doing it, you're going to be suspended for 10 days and the team will not be able to replace you if you get suspended.
1: Which I thought was clever because they, you know, without it being collectively bargained, they can't they can't make it without pay. Correct. So the, so the player gets suspended for ten games, still gets his paycheck, but the team suffers. That's correct. Uh, so that that was pretty clever, I think, of Major League Baseball yeah. that had some teeth yes. to it. Yes. And this is a really
0: controversial thing. And there's a lot of people on different sides of the line. And it unfortunately has sort of bled over into the collective bargaining stuff. Um, And there's lots of people very angry about this and the timing of it and whatever. But the long and short of it is pitchers were getting carried away with what they were doing and it got out of control. And we've seen this stuff happen in baseball before with things that were not regulated I can think about two different eras where this stuff got out of control, the methamphetamines in the 70s and 80s and steroids in the late 90s and early 2000s. Right. Yeah. And baseball had to get on top of this. And so I don't think it's the wrong thing for them to do. Were there better ways to do it? Maybe. I don't know. But do I think the Giants are doing this? Well, I went and I looked at people's spin rates. Um and I particularly took a look at the the Giants' starting rotation, mainly because those are the guys that are doing really well this year. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't yeah. look at the, the bullpen just because I figured if those guys are cheating,
1: then then they've got some major issues. Uh,
0: there's major issues, really. So, what I, so If you're bad I, while
1: you're cheating, then yeah, uh, that's uh, the that's problem. So I
0: really, I really only went, I looked at Gosman, I looked at Disclifani, I looked at Wood in particular. Uh, those were the three. I did also look at Logan Webb, but that was a harder one to figure out just because there's not much of a track record. And I will say this, I do not see any uptick in the spin rates on their hard breaking balls or their fastballs over the past four or five years. Um, not of any significance and not of the kind that that you have seen from other pitchers. So it doesn't look, especially Gaussman and and Wood, it does not look like those guys have any chance of having been doing this. Um, the thing is, will they be negatively impacted because they can't even use the rosin, you know, substance anymore, like that mixture that whatever. Sunscreen, the, the sunscreen and rosin. The sunscreen yeah. and rosin mixture, which is also now illegal. Um which sucks uh, because that was the one that everybody had been using for decades and nobody cared about. Um, the So I, I don't know. That would be the only concern is that they might be impacted by that. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see if they're impacted by that, but it doesn't look like based on on the statistics from over the past five years that any of these guys were doing it. Desclafani did have a slight increase again, but it didn't look like that was the, the kind of increase that you would have seen from something like SpiderTac.
1: So yeah, well, I don't think they were. Good. Well, I think that's good for the Giants, but you know, I think this whole thing was mishandled. I feel like, you know, cracking down like this, seventy some odd games into the season, is a little BS. Um, you know, I, I feel like you know we've had there, we have the solution. Create create something that the pitchers can use. Because the, yeah. hitters, the hitters have come on record saying, yeah, we don't mind them having a better grip on the ball because that means they can control it better Correct. and I'm not going to get yeah. hit, right? So right. so they like yeah. it from a safety perspective. So, yeah. you know, why we have the science. You know, we have the rosin bag behind the bag. It's not like we haven't given the players something. But why know. not create something just a little bit more tacky that everyone can agree on? And is... that, yes, and then outlaw spider tack and all that other stuff. And, you know, and go from there. It just seems like... Because Major
0: like... League Baseball is inept when it comes to doing things like that. That's why.
1: Yeah.
0: We, we had this argument already this year when, when you went off on the umpires and why, why don't we have the robotic balls and strikes yet? Um, even though... It could, because it's clear that, that umpires, you know, stink at calling balls and strikes. That yeah, cost Sammy
1: Long a strikeout today with Reese Hoskins. You know, yeah. And then he, like, you know... It...
0: Uh, because, because Major League Baseball it is so, like head in the sand, obsessed with its legacy, that it doesn't want to put research into the future, and it doesn't want to care about these things, And then it breeds these conspiracy theories, right? There's a lot of players that are saying, oh, Major League Baseball messes with the baseball every year to get the outcomes that they want so they can control our contracts. Like if Major League Baseball just came out and studied baseball scientifically to death, which they could afford to do, and then built a baseball to an exacting standard, and then, yeah, supplied a sticky substance or whatever and put it in a jar on the back of the mound next to the rosin bag and the cleat cleaner... Uh, then everybody would have the same stuff and nobody would complain. And they could afford to figure this stuff out. They just don't. I mean, this is why they got behind the methamphetamine stuff. This is why they got behind the steroid stuff. They prefer to look the other way and they just do You know, it it, it's mind boggling to me. You're absolutely right. They could have done a much better job, but that's just typical Major League Baseball. They just suck at this stuff.
1: Well, maybe they were distracted trying to figure out how to get their games on Peacock. I don't know, but. uh...
0: Yeah, let's find a way to uh, to ruin the Major League, you know, broadcast. Uh, yeah.
1: Let's break up our Hall of Fame duos and bring in John Crux so we can say we did. I don't yeah, know. Like that. yeah. uh, hey, that's you know another topic. The,
0: yeah. Well, you know what's even worse about that is now I can't go back and watch the Phillies broadcast and laugh while they moan and groan about the Giants beating them. Because there <laughs> is no Phillies broadcast.
1: <sighs> All right. Well, so the Phillies well, are done. Um I guess, you know, we're getting on the hour here. Looking ahead to next week, we've got the Angels and the A's, a little interleague action. Uh, uh-huh. A couple off days as well. So it's kind of a weird, you know, two-game series against the a- Angels and then and then a three-game series against the A's. Uh, you know, so that should be an interesting week. I, I, I think we'll see Shohan Otani uh, this, this time around. We didn't see him last time we played them. and uh, I think he pinch
0: hit, but that was it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh,
0: in San Francisco, they'll be in um, Anaheim and he will probably start one of those games and he'll probably DH in the other.
1: Yeah. So, you know, so, we've got yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how we you know another barometer, I think, you know, some of the against some of the players. I mean, the A's game is the A's series especially. They've been playing exceptionally well. They lead the American League West and uh, it'll be fun to kind of have a little bay area rivalry going. Against.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a big test. It's a big test for sure. They uh, the A's are, are one of the best teams in the American League and uh, they always play the Giants tough, so
1: I do like I, think, I do like it when the American League teams come to us though because they have to go up their DH, so you know that'll, that'll help a little bit.
0: That will yeah, hopefully that helps a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean the Angels have been playing well. Um, They're sort of riding their season, and they're they're hovering right around five hundred. They've had a an above five hundred June. They got swept by the A's, but they've won every other series. So one, I think that tells you how good the A's are. Um, And two, it tells you that the Angels and the A's are both hot. So they're both hot teams on the upswing, and the A's are tough. So
1: are the Giants, though. That's right. I I don't want to feel like oh we got to play the A's. No, the A's have to play us. All right, and nobody wants to play the Giants right now. That's right. Nobody wants to play the Giants. All right. Well, that'll be fun to look forward to. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, kind of the end of our, our our baseball talk. But Buster hit a home run this week. Yes, and he did. And you know what you know what that means? means we consult the dice. dice. Yeah. All so. Right. So Ben's gonna right. roll the dice for next week's cocktail, and we'll. Uh... Well, so, so
0: this week it was a smash. What What do we want? I could have a, 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 a just a, a sour, a fizz, a punch, a flip, a swizzle, or a ricky.
1: You know, I, I know how well, much you like your it. sours. I know how much you like your sours. Uh, right. After I this need... week, uh, let's just let's do the sour.
0: You're feeling you're feeling guilty about it. That's. Good. I am. Sure. I am. Sure. All right. All right. So I need uh, uh, a spirit here. All right, and then I just need a sugar or a liqueur. So let's go ahead and do that and that. And I need a citrus. And if it's grapefruit, um, you can roll again. I'm just gonna burn that die. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. It's is four dice. All right, all right. It's not. It's not grapefruit. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not grapefruit. It's not grapefruit. <laughs> Oh, hates hey, tequila.
1: Nice and, and lime
0: and, li- <laughs> and lime.
1: Ooh, a margarita in the making here.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, my sweetener, or or my liqueur,
1: <laughs> my sweetener is jam or preserves. Oh lord, I got some uh, some lemon. Uh, <laughs> my liqueur, for it.
0: and I might go this route, uh, is maraschino liqueur. Oh, like it's a it's like a cherry flavored liqueur. There's a Luxardo. Yeah. Uh, makes one. So so maybe, you know, I, I'm, I'm not I, I might just get rid of the jam preserves because it yes. does say I can choose either or.
1: Either or. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah maybe another time we'll, we'll make a tequila PB&J some other time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a tequila, lime and maraschino liqueur cocktail coming your way.
1: Okay, well, before we go, uh, yeah, please remember to rate and subscribe uh, to our podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at at Giant Cocktails. You can find me in my personal account at at on Twitter. Ben, where can they find you? You can find me at
0: WatchBenFail on both Twitter and Instagram. Ben, cheers.
1: We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.